Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Welcome to a Friday morning edition of Sound the Show Far on Warren Radio. I'm the Watchman. And Tower's not with us this morning. Warren Radio Sound the Shofar broadcast is an in-depth biblical study each week. We're not a call-in show, and we do not take calls on any of our broadcasts because we move pretty quick through all of them. And uh, these are special broadcasts. And if you need to get a hold of us, contact us, or inquire about it, you go to our website, warn-usa.com, send us an email through the contact page. That is the way it's done. You want to contact us, that's how you do it. You can follow us on Twitter by hashtag WatchmanIS216, Instagram and Twitter, look for hashtag WarnRadio. LinkedIn is hashtag uh, Watchman. We're on USA.life, which is actually a Facebook and Twitter alternative. And uh, we're on that as hashtag Warren Radio. Uh, you will not find us on Facebook anymore. Um, <clears throat> I'm not a fan of Facebook, never been a fan of Facebook, don't care for Facebook. And uh, so at any rate, that's beside the point. You can find join us on MeWe at hashtag Warren Radio. And we have, oh, quite a lot of places where you can hear us, like Blueberry and their networks, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Podcast Attic, uh, Blog Talk Radio. That's where we do a lot of the live uh, and then we send it out through the network, Google Play Music. You can catch us through uh, TuneIn. So there's a lot of places, and uh, this does make the broadcast available worldwide. A couple of articles, The Last Day Mark of Cain and Noah Found Grace, and so can you check those out on danaglinsmith.com, warn-usa.com. Today we are going to be talking about repentance and judgment, authority over the nations, part six. A lot of people don't like to get into judgment. We are doing uh, Isaiah on uh, Wednesday. And... uh, We are in the part uh, talking about judgment. On Isaiah, but Isaiah is a lot more than about judgment. And this one is uh, the authority over the nations, which does get into judgment. Because when we look at the nations of men, there's a lot of power involved when you are in government and you're the head. But as we covered last night in Isaiah, those who were in government were fools. 
what scripture says. The fools of Zoan, the princes of Zoan are fools. A lot of times when we look at the problems within a nation, just look to the government. If you look at China, they uh, justify their actions by persecuting the church and also putting Uyghur Muslims in one of the largest concentration camps. And of course, they want to take all religions and force them to be obedient to the national church, which heralds nothing but the Communist Party. And of course, for true believers, that doesn't work. And that's why the Early Rain Covenant Church, led by Wang Yi, Pastor Wang Yi, was torn down. And they face so much trouble and why he's in jail for nine years and his assistant is facing four years. It's interesting. It's a tragedy. There was news here in America of a young man that had taken an LGBTQ flag And uh, he took it over to a meeting, and I forgot where he was at, but he burned it over there. They caught him. He admitted to stealing it. And he's facing, uh, he, he was sentenced to 16 years in prison because they considered it a hate crime for stealing the flag and burning it. During the Obama administration, they were talking about the fact of them enforcing a new law that would make criticizing or doing anything against LGBTQ would become such a crime, protected. So this young man was convicted. So I think how unjust and ironic it is, I or anybody can look at it and see Wang Yi, who was heading a church up, in a communist country got nine years while a kid that burned a flag in America who's in America supposed to be free. He got 16 years. So when we're talking about justice, when we're talking about honesty, when we're talking about what truly is true, it can be clouded. And indeed China has been, persecuting for a long time. China was closed, then it was opened, and now it's closed again. North Korea, Open Doors has been doing work up there. And there are believers up there. But it's a horrible, horrible existence. In America, we have our own problems and our own divide and our own foolishness. But everywhere you look around the world, you will find. If you're looking for a fool, you'll find them in the government trying to run things. And we have these kind of people. 
Scripture talks a lot about fools. And indeed, when we get into the Bible itself, it says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So when we do talk about fools, it also says, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. We have a lot of them. People that you can't even talk to, you can't try to bring them truth, you can't say anything. Because they're fools. They're foolish. The minute you try to say something, they'll be wise in their own eyes. Kind of like the impeachment that's going on now. Foolish. We report on Christian matters all the time. We follow what's happening around the world, and we can tell you. Wang Yi got convicted in a kangaroo court. It was closed. He didn't have a lawyer. And, of course, he was sitting before communists who wanted him in prison. It was a done deal. Just like the impeachment of Donald Trump was a done deal. He didn't even get a chance to uh, defend himself. The lawyers weren't allowed. Nobody was allowed in there. Now, of course, now that it's in the Senate, Mitch McConnell and a number of others are guaranteed you'll see justice. The bottom line of it is, is that we shall see. Because in America, justice is not justice sometimes, and truth is not truth. I don't listen to NBC, ABC, CBS, or MSNBC, or a number of the other pundits. I've listened to them. And out of their mouth are lies. I'm a gospel preacher. I know what truth is. It's lies. Not everything that comes out of their news is a lie. Not everything that comes out of their mouth is a lie. But when we talk about Donald Trump, when we talk about the biases that they have, it is a sin. It's godless. It's wicked. And what they've been doing to Donald Trump has been nothing but wickedness. So what shall we say? Nothing you can say. Nothing you can really do. But you see, within a nation, and if you're following our stuff on Wednesday night, you would understand this. If you don't follow the shows, well, that's your business. But the bottom line of it is division with a lot more trouble is what we outlined in last night's show. And division like we've never seen, is something that's occurring in this country. So just remember, as we do talk about judgment, do not think that it won't happen here. 
This week, repentance and judgment, authority over the nations. You think God is asleep? Well, you see, nobody would have thought that in the beginning, when there was one language on the earth, and of course there would have been, because if you believe, as I do, that the world was populated from Adam and Eve, Now, see, there's a lot of people think that's foolish. They think all the stories, including the flood, are nothing but stories and foolish. And I say to them, you're the ones who are foolish. And so it's not my job to argue with you or argue with them. I speak the truth, the word of God. You don't like it? That's your problem. You don't want to hear? So be it. He that has ears to hear, the Lord says, let him hear. That's the same thing here. It's the word of God. Because there is an authority over the word of God. There is an authority over the nations. There is an authority over each soul, over each word they say. And see, When we talk about almighty authority, don't lose the translation here. And that is, that authority is the Lord God who has authority over the nations, over the people that are leading the nations, over the people that are living in the nations, over everything. So in the beginning, when a man finally became nations, and uh, then, of course, there was the flood, and then the three sons of Noah went their different ways and populated the earth. And, of course, over time, they got to be big tribes. But there was one event that happened, and that was at Babel. Now, Babel is not far from Genesis 6, just five little chapters. The people were united. They spoke all one language. And, of course, when you're united and can speak one language, they can do just about anything they want. Kind of like it is in America, kind of like it is in what the house did. They conspired together. But see, even their conspiratorial avenues, whatever people sow, that's what they're going to reap. Whether they succeed or whether they don't succeed, 
they will receive the just reward for what they've done. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go, let us go down there. Let us go down, and there confound this language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore, it is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon all the face of the earth. Have you ever heard of the word while well, he's just babbling, you know, making nonsense? Doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, that's a common phrase today when someone just goes about talking and not making sense. He's just babbling away. Or you hear a baby. Well, he's just babbling. Confusing. You can't understand it, so they stopped what they were doing. But see the interesting thing here, and people that are in prophecy picked up on this, that the people were one. They were united. They had one language. They could understand and it says nothing will be restrained from them. Now, see, if we stopped there, that would be something. But see, that's not the end of it. The end of it is which they have imagined to do. Now, see, if you move to the New Testament, we talk about sins. Or even if you go back to the time that God destroyed the earth or go forward I should say it says directly in there no Genesis 6 is what I'm talking about nothing all their thoughts are evil continually Things which they have imagined to do is evil continually. Now, of course, the connection within all of this, it's mentioned in Genesis 6 and it follows through later on. But the bottom line of it is, is that those at Babel nothing would be restrained from them. They could unite together to do it. And whatever they've thought up to do, they can do. And of course, there's been a lot more to this that, uh, you know, all kinds of prophecy experts and pontificators have created out of this, which I'm not interested in going down. This has to do with the human genome. This has to do with the way people were and are today. The ability to imagine, to get themselves into trouble, and to do whatever their evil imaginings have told them. On uh, Wednesday's show, doing the 
advocacy for the persecuted church, we covered the fact of a young man who had been wondering what it was like to kill somebody. Now, of course, whenever you begin to do that, that's imaginations, whatever you've imagined to do. But these things are put there by your flesh. Your mind is part, your brain, as great as the brain is for humans, is part of the fallen nature of man. Your brain isn't going to save you. Far from it. It'll send you to hell. It's part of the fallen nature. The only way you can is through Yahshua, Jesus Christ. And you must be born again to the Spirit because you need that regeneration of the Spirit of God to be able to live above all of this, to know the truth. And see, this was, this was the issue, the imagination and the ability of that mind to think evil things to do. Well, this kid ended up doing that. He had a PT cruiser. He was cruising the streets. And he went by and seen a gentleman who was older. And he had a cane and, you know. So he turned around immediately and hit him and killed him. And he drove away in his car, and he drove until it quit, and it quit, and it just off the side of the road. And he told the officer, quite bluntly, I just wanted to know what it was like to kill someone. Is that an extreme case? We have things like this happen in America all the time. There's a lot of strange things going on in the world. In Canada, there was a young woman who one day on Facebook met this man. And he was single and she was single. And they got together, eventually met because they got along real good on Facebook. And they decided to stay together, and pretty soon she announced she was pregnant. Everybody was happy, and this went on for months. She got bigger and bigger and bigger until she was huge. And she kept going to the doctor who finally said, well, it was twins, and then came back, and finally they said it was five. And uh, they had uh, gifts, and everybody wanted to know how they were going to handle it, and everybody was excited. So the day came when she had pains. They took her to the hospital, and the hospital didn't know anything about it. There was no doctor that had even treated her, and she wasn't pregnant. So the story doesn't tell you how come he didn't know from the beginning, but he was devastated, returned all the gifts, Come to find out this has happened with her before. She had a mental illness. And she uh, wants to be pregnant so bad. She dreams it up and her body responds, the doctor says. Is that nuts? A lot of strange things. 
You see, there is a judgment on the nations, and when you get into the rules and those who are making the laws in the nations, just like it said in Isaiah, the princes of Zoan are fools because of their advice. Foolish. And we see foolish governments all the time. We see people abused all the time. Now, you see, one thing my dad used to say, and he was in World War II, he was a Navy medic in the middle, uh, in, uh, the middle of the South Pacific, on the islands, various islands. My grandfather during World War II patrolled the coasts of America and California from Avalon all the way north. I think the whole total mileage was 500 miles. <clears throat> it was part of his government job. They knew what freedom was, and they knew what it was like. When Hawaii was hit, and we lost so many of our, so much of our Navy, Grandpa told Dad to go down to the wharf that was on Avalon, take the gun and shoot anything that you see that comes out of a plane. They were expecting an invasion. And he was getting people together because they were preparing for an evasion. And there was that thought that they would be next. They were right on the coast, you see. Nevertheless, the invasion didn't happen. But it was that dad did wind up in the South Pacific. And he used to say that a people deserve the government that they allow to be over them. But we have seen in this country a government that is foolish. And I'm not talking about Trump. That poor guy has had more people that have lied about him and everything that he's doing. But a lot of stuff he's done is historic in spite of what they do. All because he wanted to make America great. But yet you have a whole house full of Democrats that carried off one of the biggest fiascos of impeachment that anybody's ever, ever seen. Foolish. Stupid. It's bad enough to have impeachment 
But it's even worse to have a whole group of people so foolish, so deluded, that they go through this nonsense and carry the entirety of America with them. Now, see, all your fake news will believe every word of this foolishness. But if you were a Democrat on the other side, you would say, well, that's nonsense. You're crazy. You're just biased. In other words, folks, let me put it bluntly. There is a division in America like we've never seen. And I prophesied of it during the eclipse in the summer not too long ago we had. I warned of this division. And I warned that it would be as divisive or more so than before the Civil War. But I didn't even realize how divisive that was going to be. But see, it's not just America, though. See, that is the issue here, because we can go through the nations of men and find the same division and foolishness. Look at Israel right now. I think they've had four elections now. Trying to get the, they can't even come to agreement who's going to be in the government for crying out loud. Look at Nigeria. This is where Reinhard Bonnke, a great evangelist who died not too long ago, held massive crusades. Millions got saved over there under his ministry. Yet Nigeria is one of the largest places we find, uh, by far not the biggest, because there's uh, North Korea, there's Afghanistan, but there's also Nigeria as far as the top persecuted places in the world. Nigeria had a Christian president, Jonathan Goodluck Johnson, not too long ago, a few years back, who was trying to stop uh, Boko Haram and others from killing everybody there. Didn't work. He lost, and a Muslim got in. Uh, he's a Fulani. And he can't stop him either because one of the biggest groups of killing people is his own people, the Fulani, the Fulani herdsmen who've killed hundreds and hundreds, mainly Christian farmers. And they will usually attack during harvest time because after the farmers have done all the work, they attack, they will kill, they will rape, they will rob, they will take captive, and they will take all of their harvest. Sometimes they'll leave the people to sit there with nothing to eat, no income. Not too long ago, they killed a bunch of uh, Christian teachers there because they didn't want heathen teaching their children. So you got a government, which was even run by a Christian guy. Nobody could stop these people, these groups, from killing, and they're still keeping Leah Sheribu captive somewhere. 
the extremists are. You get into Pakistan, you see the same thing. Division in the government, problems. Around the world, the nations of men are like that. And the Lord will intercede. Now, you see, when the Lord intercedes, like he did, for instance, let's look at uh, Egypt. Exodus nine thirteen through 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For I will at this time send all my plagues upon thine heart, upon thy service, upon thy people, that thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. For now I will stretch out my hand that I may smite thee and thy people with pestilence and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. And in very deed for this cause have I raised thee up. For to show in thee my power that my name may be declared throughout the earth. Now see, I have raised thee up. That is what he's telling Moses. Further, you know, he told him, he said, uh, as far as you, speaking of Moses, You'll be as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron will be as your prophet. It's interesting to note that when we talk about this, we're talking about Egypt. Last night in the judgment that I was talking about, the princes of Zoan and all that, all that is in the context of the judgment on Egypt. Again, Egypt is mentioned a lot, but also there's a lot of, uh, there's some good prophecies on Egypt and in relationship to the Lord. But you see, this is what the nations of men think that, you know, God is somewhere else. I don't have to pay attention to him. Pharaoh said in Exodus 5, 2, he said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. But by the time you get to Exodus 10.1, he says, or the Lord says, going into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servant. But see, it winds up, by the time you get to Exodus 14, he says, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he will follow after them. In other words, he had let them go, finally, after all the plagues. But Pharaoh decided to go after them with his armies to catch them at the see and that's where they were all overthrown he says that he shall follow after them and i'll be honored upon pharaoh upon all his hosts that the egyptians may know that i am the lord and they did so well i can sum this up 
in a few words, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Egypt, in the beginning, welcomed Joseph as a slave. Then eventually he became the second most powerful in all of Egypt. Only the Pharaoh was over him. And then when that Pharaoh died and Joseph died, Egypt began persecuting Israel. And Israel served in in the capacity of slaves for a long, long time. And God judged Egypt for that. But part of that judgment was to harden Pharaoh's heart so he wouldn't turn around because Pharaoh was at the portion here, at the place where he had determined that he wasn't going to follow what God would say anyway. So this was the judgment, the result of Pharaoh's own decision. But see, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Do you think that this God is going to not do what he says? That the nations of men are just nations and there's men that run them and women that run them and they will never face up for their crimes or be rewarded for their good things. Repentance and judgment. There is a repentance that needs to come, but many will never offer that. But there is going to be a judgment. That judgment will be upon all men, all people, in all nations, period. And until the time of the great white throne judgment... When nations run astray, God will bring them back. He will judge them. You know, and even during the time of Israel, if we go into Judah, God had, you know, Isaiah was born in Judah. But also so was Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the last, really the biggest. There was other other prophets around. But Jeremiah had warned For a long time, Judah. And Judah would never listen to him. They went their own way. Do you think a Gentile nation is any different than Judah? No, they're not. Not at all. Because the same sin, that seed of sin is in all men, whether they're Jewish or whether they're Gentile. And God is Lord over all the earth, not just the Jews. And Christ died on the cross, sent by his father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to redeem all men. But all men won't pay attention, won't receive him. But you see... 
we see these events. He interceded at Babel. He interceded for delivery uh, of Israel from Egypt because it was time to bring them out. And I've, I've actually covered that, the why that he did at the time. Do you think America or China or any of these others are any different today? No, they're not. But the fact that you're seeing America so divided as it's never been before, and there's just horrifically wicked things going on in this country, and we have politicians who think these wicked things are fine. And that's the norm for a nation that's headed to judgment. You can see it in the nations. Now, there is one exception to that. That's Nineveh, because when they were confronted, they all repented. Now, you see, we're going to talk about Nineveh in a while. But Genesis 18, you know, discusses Abraham. And at this time, the Lord visited Abraham. We call these theophanies when he appears in the flesh. In reality, this is an appearance of the Son of God in the Old Testament. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I'll do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. He says, for I know him that he'll command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken. And so this is an interesting section because the Lord says, because of the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord, and Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Now, you see, there's one thing we see about the patriarchs, that they stood up and interceded with the Lord. And here we find Abraham interceding for the righteous, because he knows that God will do it if things are bad. Moses stood and interceded for Israel many times when he was leading them out. God was even ready to destroy him and make a new nation out of Moses. 
And Moses stood there and interceded and pleaded with him not to destroy Israel. You know the story. They couldn't even find a few righteous. Lot, his wife and two daughters, made it out of the city, but the wife turned around and looked, and she became a stone. And, of course, that's why a lot of the modern-day pontificators don't believe Scripture. They don't believe in a lot of things because it's just stories. That stuff don't happen after all. And what most of them don't understand is we are in this grace that God provided for us because his son came and died on the cross. But one day the grace will be finished because the time of grace will be over. It's not going to last forever. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow you may be dead and it'll be too late for you to repent. You see, God intervenes into the affairs of men, whether you like it or not. And when the Lord allows the enemy to enter into your country, into the affairs of state, like many are doing today, it's because there's sin in the camp, grievous sin, among which is the abortions that we've done. But even that, today there was a story And this was coming out of Mexico, I believe, where researchers were paying women to get pregnant and then to have abortions. They were researching, see, so that makes it okay. Does it really? You really believe that? That abortion is murder. And that fetus was not yours to research on, and it wasn't the woman's to do either. She'll say, well, it's my body. Yeah, it's your body, but it's not your baby. That kid in the womb was created by the Lord God, and that is his soul he put there. And when you destroy that, you kill innocent life that he allowed to be created. That's called abortion, but it's also called murder. Blood guilt. It brings a curse, not only on the people who do it, but on the nation where it happens. And in fact, it allows more blood to be spilled because of a curse. Of course, all the modern pontificators... We'll say that's nonsense.
and there is no words to describe how idiotic that is. But see, in our wisdom, we have become fools. And when we reject the idea that judgment cannot come or that we can do anything we want without consequences, that's the issue. See, we can justify anything. Sodom and Gomorrah justified it. Pharaoh justified everything he was doing and thinking. After all, Pharaoh was seen as God. Babel, they all justified what they were doing. Israel justified what they were doing. And today in our modern world, nations justify their actions all the time. Iran, the religious theocracy, fired all the rockets recently to try to kill American. And, of course, Khomeini justified his action because of the killing of Soleimani, who was a murderous thug who had lots of blood on his hands. But, you see, Iran is not a righteous regime. It has the so-called righteous leader, but he has blood on his hands. And so do those who serve him. First-hand testimony of those who have been in prison say how many they saw killed every month, just hung regularly, hundred. And on top of that, the persecution of Christians and others, anybody that stands in their way. They're hardly righteous. Even the Muslims who are in their gangs, from ISIS to Boko Haram to Al-Shabaab and others, who make war because that's the way Muhammad told them to do it. When you die in jihad, you're going to go to paradise with virgins and wine. So their God willingly okays the murder of innocent people. But see, to them, you're not innocent. You're an unbeliever, so it doesn't matter. Now, they can go rape the women, have pleasure with them, keep them as sex slaves, you know, because that's okay. Oh, these are sinners, but it's okay to have sex with them outside of marriage. They don't have any problem with that. 
They don't have any problem with killing innocent people, including little girls in dresses, and behead them like ISIS did when they went through the Middle East, or killing priests who have done no harm, harm to them, or slaughtering other Muslims because they refuse to follow them. Or murdering the Yazidis because they considered them demonic. And they're the ones who claim to be righteous. Now the Lord said they do these things to you because they know not me or the Father. There will come one day when those killing you will think they're doing God's service. That's exactly what these Muslim warriors are doing. They think they're doing God a service. But one day the judgment is going to find everybody. The Lord will sort it out. Now, I'm not going to try to change people. I give them the word. I'll pray for them. I'll do things. But they have to make the decision. I look to the Lord. He is the judge. He is the righteous one. He is the one that will find truth. And see, that's important because that is up to him to do. It's not up to us. It's up to the Lord. And so when we talk about judgment, when we talk about repentance, the bottom line for Christians is you're living in perilous times. Second Timothy 3 tells us how tough these things are going to be. We know what history has shown in regards to persecution of Christians. We know what men are willing to do, even if it is evil. And in our country, we have had generations of kids that have been taught by liberals and others, socialists, communists, and others, a truth that is not the truth. And so many of them, You know, they're raised with other ideas as what truth is. We have an entire generations of young people that don't even know the real truth. The truth of God, the truth of redemption, the truth of what America is really supposed to be. I mean, we even had the liberal news media, because of hatred of Trump, taking the sides of Iran over Soleimani. How stupid is that? We even had a reporter from CNN on the streets in Iran reporting, which if anybody would understand that the people in Iran have no choice. They have to go out and protest. That's the law. They drag them out. They threaten them. 
And there was lots of testimony from Iranians who were saying what was really happening. And they took the sides that, and they were even blaming Trump for the Ukrainian airliner that was downed. How stupid. But see, when we read the story of Pharaoh saying, who is God that I should obey him? We think that's stupid. Because we've read the story. We know what happens. Why would you say that? He's going to destroy you. Well, see, Pharaoh didn't know that. He didn't believe that. He didn't believe Moses. Moses knew the royal court. He knew how to approach the Pharaoh. He knew. He was... He was raised in it, for crying out loud. They probably didn't recognize him because it had been some time since he had been there. And, of course, he would have had a longer beard and hair. Next week will be talking about Jonah. These are the people that believe God. Father, thank you for your word today. I pray, Lord, that you'd help them to understand the messages here and to draw closer to you. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget to go to our websites, warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Read the articles, listen to the shows, pass them on, send them on over your social feed. Help us to get the word out. Be careful. Be found in the Lord. Take care. Don't be afraid of judgment. And if you've been listening at all, and if you haven't, get back in my other shows and listen. Because I tell you that judgment, the purpose, is not to destroy everybody, but to redeem. We'll see you till next time. This is The Watchman. And for Tower Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.